You have a dominant nostril. You do have a dominant nostril. I didn't know that until I met you. Yeah. All this time, I thought my nostrils were. I think you knew it. You just didn't realize realize it. it, Yeah. Yeah. I was treating my nostrils equally, but now one is dominant and one is submissive. Can you imagine if you had Tourette's, but like you didn't have, you didn't say swear words, you just Mm. said random fruits and vegetables? That would be Berkeley. Really strange. Carrots. Squash. Carrot. Carrot. Squash. Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Why rhubarb? What is the most offensive sounding fruit or vegetable? Hmm. Kumquat. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's offensive. I'd say it's Funny. kind of intriguing. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of liked it. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Welcome to Whiskey Bits with Matt and Phil, where we talk all things whiskey and all things comedy. So, Matt. <laughs> yes phil <laughs> we didn't try to do this already and messed up the audio so matt yes how about some colonel e.h taylor i would love some colonel e. junior taylor. junior yeah he was a junior oh all right all right so bottle and bond which means for those of those for those of those that are listening Yes. A hundred proof. The government backs it. The government backs it. hundred proof. Why? So, actually, Colonel E.H. Taylor. Colonel E.H. Taylor. He's not a real colonel, as right. we talked about before. As we talked about before, not a real colonel. Uh, colonel E.H. Taylor. Uh, he owned the, the OFC, the Old Fashioned Copper Distillery in Kentucky. And uh, so right around 1870, he opened up that distillery. And somewhere in that time frame, um, you were getting a lot of distillers, a lot of people making whiskey and selling whiskey that wasn't actually whiskey. Would be maybe a moonshine that they added tobacco to to, to give it oh. color and a little oh. bit of flavoring. Yes, I, re- I read about that. Yeah. yeah. And so what and Colonel... Disgusting. E.H. Taylor did, uh, he got with some other distillers and said, hey, we should we should ask the government to step in here and make some rules so that we can uh, keep our industry. You know what? Look at that. Look at that. We're finishing it up. Bottle kill. So he got together with a bunch of other distillers and said, guys, there's a problem. We've got some really good whiskey they're not buying our stuff because they're buying everybody else's stuff. They're buying the crap stuff, the tobacco. Yeah, and and so they he said, let's let's see if we can get the government to step in. And so the Bottle and Bond Act of nineteen, I'm sorry, eighteen ninety seven. So the Bottle and Bond Act of eighteen ninety seven um, stipulated uh, a number of things. There were seven pieces to the Bottle and Bond Act that were important. So um, that's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of pieces. So we'll talk about a couple. Why of didn't them. they do eight? Cause it would have been like an even number. First, first of all, <laughs> these are great questions for the civil war. <laughs> great. Come on guys, come up with one more, just one more. So, uh, so what, some of the things that stipulates is the, the place where it is, uh, where it is stored um, and aged um, has to be bonded by the government. So they had to come in and make sure that it was, 
only their <laughs> stuff in. You can see my, you can see that something popped into my head. Absolutely. You're like, oh, I'm gonna. I should keep talking, but wait be, for because I'm thinking it's. It reminds me of like, is it like like bonded by the government? Reminds me of like, you are blessed by the priest. Is the government coming in and just like, oh, like so you, what are they doing? Like, what does that mean to be bonded? Are they like chaining? The- <laughs> so you've heard of. <laughs> Put on these handcuffs. Let's let you finish your thought. <laughs> it's going to go to a horrible place okay. if I finish what I was thinking. <laughs> so you've heard of a savings bond, right? Yeah. That's a savings account that's backed by the U.S. government, and you're guaranteed to get your money back if anything happens to that Why? money that's, that's in there. That's Why do they do that? To protect the consumer. What? What do I have to... Okay. Okay. I'm just going to trust you. Okay. Don't trust the government, but you can trust me. Okay. I'll trust you. <laughs> So what they wanted is they wanted to make sure that the consumer was getting what they were paying for, right? What they were actually, what they were actually wanting, and E.H. Taylor and some of the other distillers wanted to make sure that their product was recognized as following all of the rules. So one of the things was because they weren't making money because the people that were competing with them were like not actually making whiskey; they were making tobacco juice. Right. Which is and, disgusting. And it, and the reason they weren't making a lot of money was because people didn't trust the product. Right. So they weren't buying it because they thought it's all terrible. Right. Everything is bad. Everything is bad, is bad because these things are bad. Exactly. So the government said, all right, we'll make up some, we'll, we'll come up with some rules, some ideas here. They worked with E.H. Taylor and some of the other guys to come up with the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897 that says that the, that the whiskey or the spirit, it's actually any spirit, you can get vodka that's bottled in bond. Hmm. You can get gin that's bottled in bond. Um, the, the pieces that, that are important is that it has, uh, it goes into a barrel and it has contact with that barrel. Which is sometimes hard to do when something goes in something it may not have contact with. So there, it's a good thing they made that stipulation. Well, if you think about it, the reason that the that whiskey gets color is from the barrel, right? right? But and how can something go into something and not have contact with it? It doesn't make any sense. Well, the thing is that they if they don't control what it goes into, then they have no control over what comes out of wherever they put it into. <laughs> Say it has to go into a wood barrel. I have so many thoughts right now. It has that to are go into so a wood barrel. Appropriate for this in podcast. a in a in a whiskey, it has to go into a barrel that the whiskey then comes in contact with the actual actual wood right versus gin and vodka which can be covered oh so like you could have a coating on the inside for gin and vodka really they have mm-hmm. a coating on the there's inside? a coating on the inside what yep. is it That's uh, I don't this know. is this is whiskey bits not gin and whiskey, vodka yeah don't ask me sorry ryan reynolds i love you and you're really i mean you're a beast and please come on the podcast <laughs> and when they ask me what my fitness goals are i just say ryan reynolds, ryan reynolds. yeah i feel ryan like that's a good fitness goal. i say daredevil daredevil that's what i say when people ask me so you want to be blind i can help you with that i'll just poke you in the eyes i want to be i want to be blind but like also really funny but also kick butt uh-huh yeah daredevil's yeah. awesome uh-huh so Colonel E. H. Taylor. Yeah. So so it was not blind. Additionally, so essentially, what the bottle and bond act says is that we have to make sure that the that the stuff that's in the bottle is what it says it is. So there's rules about the labels. There's rules about the way that it's covered. It has to have the has to have the tape over the top of the over the oh. top of the cork. That you signifies might in there in the exactly. End. You, might, you know, spittoon inside the. 
it has to say it has to say where it came from has to say who was the the, the distiller because it all has to come from the same season same distiller same um same distillery huh. as well and so on on uh the bottle this bottle of vh taylor it tells you that this comes from frankford kentucky dspky113 that's not a real place that's their code that's not a real place that's the code i don't believe that that's, that's the code frankfurt for comes from hot dog kentucky <laughs> no that's frankfurt this is frankfort oh different places frankfurter frankfurter is german we're not going to get into <laughs> german so yeah so that's that's who each other was so canceled someone got canceled okay go ahead i don't care nobody cares so the other okay. pieces to this has to come out of, uh, it has to be 100 proof 100 proof which yep, means no more no less. alcohol yes has to be bottled for four years mm-hmm. in a government bonded warehouse now that is interesting because that would change. So if I'm E.H. Taylor and I have my Rick House mm-hmm. where I store all my barrels and I have a certain flavor that comes from the the uh, the environment and the weather and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But now I have to take my mash build and put it in a government place. It's probably not in the same state. Oh, no, no, no. Are they in Kentucky still? It's on your. It's in your distillery. It's. St- but you've just given the government the access to say we're uh, going to protect this warehouse. The only stuff that comes in and out of here is government bonded whiskey. Okay. For the case of Buffalo Trace or OFC or George T. Stag, whatever it was called between you know now and when it when it first came up, that's warehouse C. What about A and B? A and B store other stuff. Warehouse but C A and B is the government be, bonded. So is it a, the whole warehouse has to be bonded, or is mm-hmm. it like oh this half of the warehouse is for the government, the other half? It's a great question. In this case, the whole warehouse is whole warehouse. Yeah. So they might have ten warehouses, and six of them are bonded, and the other sure. ones are not. Okay. Sure. Because like the one we had last time, mm-hmm. Buffalo Trace, that's not bottled and bond. It's not. It? No. Nope. It's not. So yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But what does it taste like? So it's an interesting thing. Yeah. And it's great and all. But like, what does it taste like? So, what are you getting when you sniff? Is this called a snifter? This is called a snifter. Really? Yeah. I said yeah. something intelligent. You asked. You asked about the glasses. This yeah. is called a snifter. A snifter. A Glen Karen glass is another name for it. Glen it Karen. This, it has yeah. Glen Karen. Because Glenn and his wife Karen were like, "Hey, let's make a glass." Let's make a glass. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. That's what happened. It kind of it, when you read the word Glen Karen and you look at it, it definitely looks like it's probably from Scotland. Okay, so that's it's not. Guess. It's one word. It's one word. It's not two names. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So it has a uh, it has a Ooh. sort of a wider base. Um, so it's a narrow base, gets a little bit wider, and then a fluted top to allow for. My ex-girlfriend had a little bit of a wider base. <laughs> so good. She didn't actually. Let me let me hear what you what you smell. What do I smell? Yeah. What do you get? All right. On, all right. What do you get on the I have nose? To figure out my nostril. Have, my yeah, dominant your nostril. dominant nostril. Yep. So what do you get on your nose? Okay. There? Hold on. Let me think about it. It's really hard to say, because like it's a very strong alcohol smell, for sure. 
Yep, and we poured this out probably three minutes ago. Yes, yeah, so I don't know ago. if I'm getting a whole, maybe a fruity note. Okay. If you had to pick a fruit, I'm probably mm. way off. But cherry. All right. I'm probably way off. Look, I mean, you're the one who's smelling it, so you can't be way off. Hold on. All right. Did you clear your sinuses there? I did. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so gross. So gross. It's like reverse ASMR. It's like, the, <laughs> like <laughs> hey, ASMR helps you sleep. Reverse ASMR helps you throw up in your mouth. Throw up in your mouth. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I can tell you the the thing that that people like the most in watching you Black smell this raspberry. I think I think raspberry is a really raspberry. good one. I think cherry is really good. Yeah. Um, oh, you're making me feel like it wasn't good. I, no, I think I think what I think the worst part about it was the dead noise. The dead noise. Yeah, we just had dead silence. Who cares? This is my podcast. This is yeah, our listen, podcast. All you're gonna do is you're gonna look at some guys. They're sniffing there. <laughs> What's like the people listening are like, what's happening? I don't understand. I hear mm. a lot of smelling noises. All they're doing is smelling. Well, that's part of it. So and why we, do you smell it first? So I think one of the things is to try to get some of the flavors and some of the some of the aromas that you're gonna grab off of off of a bottle. You have I think a dominant nostril. You do have a dominant nostril. I didn't know that until I met you. Yeah. All this time I thought my nostrils were I think you knew it, you just, didn't, I just realize didn't realize it. it. Yeah. yeah. I was treating my nostrils equally, but now one is dominant and one is submissive, and I treat them as such. Do I do. So do you punch your right nostril? My right nostril gets punched. Regularly. Straight in the nostril. Right in the nostril. The other one I'm very gentle with. Yeah. And yeah. it listens. Yeah. That's good. It's also useless. It's good. Completely useless. It is completely useless. So I get, <laughs> I get, a, I get a bit of vanilla. I was just going to say vanilla. But I, I think it's because it's opening up a little bit. I think it is opening up a little bit. Yeah, vanilla. Ooh, and then how do you taste it? So I like to, I like to, so I always kind of swirl it a little bit just to kind of give it a little bit of, get a little bit of oxygen. Yeah, because that's doing a whole lot. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just calling out. No, it's okay. Smell it after you spin it around a little bit. Oh, sweeter. You get a little bit more apple. or something. I got an apple. Apples? I good. got some apple there. It's good. So I like to take a little sip. Okay. Okay. You'll get some on the you get some on the front of the tongue. Yeah, I remember the first time we tried stuff mm-hmm. together. You yep. taught me how to do it in the front of the tongue. It is an interesting sensation. Yeah. A little bit of a burn. It's a hundred proof, so it's a little bit higher than the last one we had. And of course, we just did a couple old fashions not too long ago. So it's okay. I'm used to being burned. It's <laughs> good by my wide-hipped ex-girlfriend. <laughs> thicker in the bottom, a little thicker in the bottom area. Yeah, yeah. So this will continue to open up as we sit here and talk. Mm, so uh, we'll start I. to get some. Uh, so will I. Phil. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Tell me. Uh, it's good. I really like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, it, I don't think I've had this before. It is different than I would have to try buff the the Buffalo Trace next to it, but it is different. I feel like this one's sweeter. Yeah, could be. That could means be. you're wrong. No, it could be. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Mm, that might be the thing. 
Yeah, you're totally Look, wrong. Look, the, the, beauty, the beauty about whiskey is you drink it how you want to drink it. You In taste. Glass. You taste what you taste. You enjoy what you enjoy. It's so liberal. No, no two palates are the same. I identify <laughs> as a whiskey drinker. As a whiskey drinker. I identify as someone who tastes cherry. Uh, it is good. Mm-hmm. What is also good is the fact that uh, this is the only time I get to write jokes. Because I just don't want to during the day. <laughs> no, and I feel like I feel like I need to do start doing jokes about whiskey. But I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Because I feel like... Okay, so let's get to the seriousness of the... Let's get to the seriousness of comedy. Let's get to the bit. add some intelligence We've to done me. the whiskey. Let's get to yeah, the bit. Yeah, let's get to the bit. So one of the things that I've been trying to figure out over the last however many years that I've been on and off doing this is what my persona is. And I've heard... I've, I've, I've read books. I've had private lessons and... Some say it takes years. A lot of them actually say, oh, it takes years to develop your persona. And I feel like I've been doing it enough to where I have a pretty good idea of what I, not so much like, I don't feel like I need to be somebody different. Like Mm -hmm. I need to make up some persona that's not me because that's not what it is. It's more about what what does the audience respond to best with in regards to you when you're on stage. So I've tried certain jokes um that have not landed and it's not that oh i need to rework that joke it's just that topic doesn't work for me like i Mm. can't pull it off like i did a joke recently at a at a show and i I, it could have been because i opened with it but um i thought it was funny but it was about like my vasectomy right and like it just did not land and maybe telling a story about your vasectomy isn't the first thing you should say when you go on a stage (laughs) but i had a good what I thought was a good bit and it just didn't land. And so one of the things that like Madison, my, my wife and I have been discussing is there's certain topics that I just can't pull off and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's just not me. Like I have a certain standard of things that I want to talk about and things that I don't want to talk about. And so, okay. So maybe over overly, you know, even of even stuff that's not so overtly sexual, but like, I just don't do well with that. So this persona of of who I am and what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, well, what what is it that people like about me? What is it that people t- typically respond to, which is usually the physical comedy stuff or facial expressions? But then it's like, what am I interested in? And so I think part of it, persona, is, yes, it's a big part of what the audience responds to, but I think it's also a, a big part of what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it has to be... Well, you, you know, it's just whatever people tell you you are because that's not a good message. Like, I'm going to be who I am, and I feel like the people that are going to be my audience are going to be naturally attracted to who I already am versus me trying to, like, fit into what they want me to be to there's some degree, right? No, there's no doubt that people are going to people are going to be attracted to who you really are rather than a persona that you're trying to put on for them. Right, cuz like the whole idea of persona is just like there's some comics, Gilbert Gottfried apparently, I've I've heard it was an act and apparently he wasn't that way in real life, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. 
But that was his persona. Now, I don't know if that means he was doing a voice forever for everything he did in Aladdin and every Like, I, I can't really believe that, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, like, the persona of, like, like Seinfeld, you think of, okay, you know exactly who and what he's about. Gaffigan, he's going to talk about food. Brian Regan, he's, like, he's quote-unquote dumb. He's but, dumb. like, he's not really that dumb in real life, I'm sure. And so, but that fits him. But it fits his when you look style, at him yeah. and you you kind of watch his mannerisms and things like that. You get the idea that this guy might be a little thick skulled, right. right? So, like, I think it's like, and I guess maybe today is not even necessarily about let's write a joke, but I think it's like I've really been trying to figure out what my persona is, and the whiskey stuff i'm like this is such a big i mean it's a big part of what we're doing like the whole reason of doing this podcast is because you and i would get together you brought in whiskey and you're like hey let's hang out let's just chill and like hey i'll teach you about whiskey cool and then let's work on a uh let's work on my set for when i did the dry bar comedy special we were gearing up for that so it just kind of naturally happened but now it's become like i really am into it like mm-hmm. it's become a big part of like my interests like a hobby and so i feel like i don't know how to make whiskey funny but i feel like whiskey needs we need to do a whiskey like a big chunk of my stuff like tim taylor Mm -hmm. or tim allen Mm -hmm. was the the tool man Mm -hmm. the man you know (laughs) like i feel like my like my thing is like i like that element but i don't i i can't replicate that i don't want to replicate that but Mm. i feel like the whiskey thing could be something and i don't want to be what's his face ron white that had the drink on the stage i don't need to be that um he was part of the blue collar commentary yeah. that always had a drink that's mm-hmm. not what i'm looking for but like there's something about you look at me and you're like this guy isn't a connoisseur of anything <laughs> like i'm the young like so far with my persona what i have is i'm the young goofy dad who you know, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to relive my youth, but I'm still kind of in that. I, I feel like I'm a goofball, blah, 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 whatever. Like, but then you put in the whiskey, that's a little like old man-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I feel like there's something that is going to be a big part of my comedy that is going to have to do with this, whatever this is. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to find uh, it's tough it's tough to find funny oh. stuff about all of your hobbies. I wish I was still making pickles. See, I used to have a pickle company. I mean, that in itself is a funny thing to say. There you go. I used to make pickles, and these barrels actually here were a part of our pickle. Get out of We would time. go to trade shows, and this was just part of our set. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then this I got for this specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Um, you could probably fit a really nice pickle in that bunghole. And I have. I think what's interesting about comedy <laughs> and a persona is that you don't have to give the audience everything of you. Right. You can hold some of it back. Right. And that can sometimes be the surprise to the whole thing. Right. Think of like Bob Saget, right? Hilarious guy. But most of us knew him as Danny Tanner. Right. Uh, you know, good old American goofy dad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Until you went and saw his comedy show oh and realized gosh. he's not, not that at Danny all. Not Danny Tanner at all. Right? And so the surprise, that surprise element's kind of kind of, you know, kind of neat. So I think I think you've landed on something with with the persona being the goofy dad. But I think that's something the that goofy dads with beards do is they drink whiskey. Right. Yeah. So it's just a part of it's a part of who you are, but you don't necessarily need to call it out until until the, the right time comes when when we can when you can build it into a yeah. build it into a story, build it into something that's that that relates with people that uh, maybe it's maybe it's the silliness of how much people pay, or maybe it's the um, you know it's the, it's the silliness of of, of some sort of uh, built up status symbol that you have just because you have a certain bottle on your shelf, right, right, or or whatever. Um, but I think in comedy, it's really hard to it's it's hard to find that gray area where you're not making fun of people that may be offended by that joke right but find the funny part of it and yeah. so it's a little bit it's i think you might be new too new to it to to be able to find the funny nuances within the within the comedy yeah and i think it's to me like i mean you see all these things it's such a and whiskey is just taken off first of all like i don't know apparently it's everybody's all about it um raisins 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 just caramel and raisins caramel and raisins now now for those of you just listening and not watching we're not just saying random flavors we're actually <laughs> talking about the whiskey that we're drinking he doesn't have fruit Tourette's he is not just saying <laughs> raisins can you imagine if you had Tourette's but like you didn't have you didn't say swear words you just mm. said random fruits and vegetables that would be Berkeley <laughs> Really strange. Carrots. Carrot, squash. Carrot, carrot, squash. Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Why rhubarb? What is the most offensive sounding fruit or vegetable? Hmm. Kumquat. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's offensive. I'd say it's Funny. kind of intriguing. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of liked it. I'm not going to lie. You ever had a kumquat? I think I have. What's the taste? Does it taste like anything? A or kumquat. Is it, or is it like like <laughs> tastes like chicken. Just, not gonna lie, it tastes like chicken. Exactly like really? chicken. Really? Yeah. Huh. Kale. If you say it with an accent, any vegetable or fruit can sound offensive. Which accent? Kale. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If you scream anything like a like a Scottish grandmother, it's gonna. <laughs> sound... I was going for. German Third Reich, Scottish <laughs> grandmother. What kind, of cra- what kind of crazy Scottish grandmother have you? Look, they're all European. Who That's knows? True. Yeah. Who knows? They're that way. Yeah. That yeah. way. Our our ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from the land of Israel, so. That's right. You're Jewish. I missed out on my. I have yeah. some, that's another that's another we need to talk about we need to do the grandma jokes next time we have to do the grandma jokes because that is one that i have a my grandma that was jewish yeah and i have my grandma that was english yes. stratford on it like literally they're both like textbook like english grandma stratford on even shakespeare town proper british war bride all that hmm other grandma, Jewish, lived in Vegas, realtor, wore a leopard print, took Elton John 
to a AA meeting was yeah. a sponsor apparently in Chicago one time. I don't know. It was weird. That that I need to build them out more. Yeah. English grandma, you've a genetic doubtfire, dear. Like yeah. basically who she was. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more. That'll be good next time. I think that'll be great next time. All right. I can't wait to do it. I like it. All right, Matt. Well, it was good seeing you. You too. Whiskey Bits. Whiskey Bits. (laughs) Next time on Whiskey Bits. What do you notice about the blue label? Oh. The double L. Because there's a W. So a W. Then there's two L's. Doubles. Yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. Of course. (laughs) exactly what we're so they're just for. like hey we're from weller but they're not Weller. i was they're gonna say is there any buffalo relationship trace. to weller? So, I, so buffalo trace is uh and weller or weller comes from buffalo trace uh there you go so they're just like an ode to weller but it's not an ode to their actual distillery master distiller from traveler is the same one as buffalo trace Uh, Yes. They make this. Hey guys, we haven't even started drinking yet. And they make this. The same guy makes them both. (laughs) I know, but wouldn't it make more sense instead of Traveler to have like... Take the glass. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't going to make sense anyways. (laughs) Hey, thanks for sticking around. That's it for this episode of Whiskey Bits. But if you enjoyed yourself, please like, share, and subscribe on your favorite platform.